Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the King Kong Minute podcast, the show where we analyze, scrutinize, and celebrate the 2005 film King Kong one minute at a time. My name is Terry. And I'm Steven. And we are once again joined by our good friend, our co-host's brother, Sam. Good to have you back. Thank you. Is it Sam or Samuel? I keep forgetting. But for 18 years, it was Sam. And then I decided that I liked my full name, actually. So I introduced myself as Samuel. But it is remarkably hard to get that to stick with people. No, no one calls me Steven. Everyone calls me Steve, no matter what I tell them. So it's fine. Anytime I meet someone new now, they call me Steve. I figure once I'm 40, I'll just start telling people that it's Steve. But until then... Steve. Please don't. <laughs> right? You All know right. what you should do is, is you should just, next time they do that, say, I'm sorry, did, did I induce myself as Steven? <laughs> and then just give them the dead stare. <laughs> did I stutter? <laughs> did I stutter? <laughs> All right. Well, we are talking about there minute number 67 today, folks. And this minute is going to be starting off with Anne looking scared out of her mind and really bedraggled. Once again, every right to be. And it's going to end with Carl Denham acting like film equipment is just as important as weaponry to bring onto this island. Carl, ever with the uh, priorities in the right place. You could say, what well, it's funny that you worded it like that. In Kong Skull Island, Brie Larson kind of brings up a point about her, because her, she's a war photographer. She brings yeah. up that her war photography is uh, basically mm-hmm. just as important as a weapon mm-hmm. in the war. So it's just funny well, that you worded it like that, and that's that's another Kong film. <laughs> that is funny. Um, in that context, I would absolutely agree with Brie Larson's character that, yes, like documentation of that kind of thing is important. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, I think documentation is a little <laughs> less important. If I'm getting mugged in an alley, I'd rather have a gun on me than a camera, is what I'm saying. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. However, do you want him with... A gun or a camera. Carl? I, I don't want him to be yeah. there at all. <laughs> That's well, true. yeah, exactly. Unless you need someone to outrun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> He'll write the guy a check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Here, not me. They wouldn't but even take guy. his chocolate bar. They wouldn't yeah. even take his chocolate bar. They're not taking his check. <laughs> oh, man. It's been rough. Yeah. No, please, not me. To pick that guy. He deserves it way more. <laughs> I can't, like, it's so funny how I, I was going back and listening to early episodes that we did, um, and it's funny how much I was, like, really excited and happy to be introduced to Carl Denham and, like, talk about him and stuff, and now we are 67 minutes in, and I just can't stand him. I love yeah, him you. in one way, but on another hand, he's just the worst human being of this entire cast. He's a, he's terrible. Anyway, um, so into, into minutes. Like, six- that, that. That sums up Jack Black, though. Can we just... That sums up Jack Black's roles in general. Does it? Have you okay, watched Nacho so, Libre? Nacho <laughs> Libre is fantastic, so you like it, right? Yeah. And then there's the thing in The Office. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we covered that. that. Like, oh, God, why? Yeah. It's so, so good. So, again, that, that, those two contrasting roles oh, man. sum up... Um, he is a really <laughs> solid... Um, side lead in The Holiday, which is a really good Christmas romantic comedy. Like, he plays a really, Hmm. like, genuinely funny, earnest character there. Um, It is one of my favorite Christmas rom-coms because it actually breaks the mold out of a lot of Christmas rom-coms. 
So yeah, no, he's pretty good there. Honestly, it's it's a it's a fun movie. Not to make, like plus it plays up a lot of like classic movie nostalgia. So just like if you like movies in general, you're probably gonna like his involvement because he plays like a sound designer um, for oh. like movie scores. Rest in peace, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, first person to die in this expedition yeah. was the sound designer. Yeah. Long story short, Jack Black's got more range than a lot of people expect. Yeah. Oh, he definitely does. Um, I uh, flexibility apparently. Did you mm. see him do that lunge? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that's something. Um, when when the natives first attack, he's the only one who fights. He's like actually like fist fighting the natives. Um, he's granted it's a problem he caused. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's true. But he's kind of like Kevin James, where it's like, how is he doing that at that size? Yeah, it's like jumping over fences and. <laughs> In yeah. uh, was it Mall Cop? Was it? He like yeah. jumped over a fence, and I was like, "How did he do that?" The quote, uh, Gabriel Iglesias: "He's big, but he's fast." <laughs> oh man, true story. So yeah, I, this has to have been touched on, but the whole time, all I hear in the back of my head during this this scene is Kalima. Yes, yeah. yep. Kalima. We touched on Kalima. Oh yes. yeah, and you know, it's like another stereotypical marginalized. Uh, group on um, you know, <laughs> same same category. The singing, the singing though, way better in Indiana Jones. <laughs> the the it's true. was way better. It's true. And to be fair, I had I had more uh, nightmarish occurrences after watching uh, Temple of Doom than I did this because I thought that was creepier. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't you... like seeing a guy's heart ripped out through his chest and he was still alive. Something about that rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just. Yeah. <laughs> it would have thunk. Um, we we also are forced to observe a lot more of it in Temple of Doom than we are here. This is pretty horrific, but it's brief. It's true. Um, brief. Well, this whole this whole scene. Okay, so I literally I went and watched the Indiana Jones scene, and it's like five minutes long, which I guess is. So is this question mark? Like, no, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> but but there's there's more other. I don't know. It's. It's uh, it's less. I think this is scarier, but this is because it's modern, more modern. Yeah, mm-hmm. better. I, the other one's more hokey. I feel Although Anne's emotions more than I feel the guy in the cage's emotions, because mm-hmm. she pulls it together. Like I actually felt scared a little bit later in this minute for her. Like I understood it in my head, like what she was going yeah. through. Well, there's um, two scenes though for a Temple of Doom, right? There's there's the guy in the cage. That's who true. Gets that's true. And the chick, which is the, 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 the real chick. You can start drawing, you know. <laughs> I don't remember her name. <laughs> Neither do I. The chick. Oh, oh man. Especially what we random blonde damsel in distress. The, wor- the worst Indiana be- Jones love interest? A really irritating one, if we're being honest. Yes. Uh, wait, I feel so bad for not knowing this. Is it Bobby? Billy? Something like that, where it's like. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Let me put uh, it this way. As horrible as it sounds. <laughs> I found the Nazi more sympathetic in the next one. <laughs> and that is horrible. I hate That's that I true. said that. And don't true. quote me on that. What, I was about to say, what? Well, He's a better actor. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, May 25th, 2022, Terry said he sympathized with Nazis. This is what I'm yeah, picking up go. here. Oh, well, that's it. There goes, my, there goes my political career. There goes I was everything. totally going to cultivate. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so should we talk about minute sixty-seven? <laughs> yeah, let's um, let's talk about the uncomfortable oh, gratuitous gyration here. Oh, it's oh, so gross! 
It is just weird, but stereotypical. Yes, I mean, again, of... we've established Very... that. Yeah, that, but it's, it is, uh, no, it's not. That being said, there's a reason this becomes a stereotype, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's like, there's reasons, but still, it is, it is. I odd. actually had a, had a question about that. So this would be like movements that people would usually associate with like possession, yeah. Right? So what do you think caused... And Pentecostals. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We'll see if I edit that one out. You might just have to claim that one. I just leave it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so... I liked it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> so the natives on this island... I'm a Presbyterian. Just to throw that out there. Not just religion bashing. I'm a Presbyterian. Continue. Um, so the, the, these natives... Are they doing this only because Peter Jackson directed them to do so because it's his movie and he wanted to make it creepy? Or was there some sort of, like, do you think there was maybe some kind of possession going on? Or, like, you know, these natives didn't watch The Exorcist. It's not like they were drawing on that to guide their motions of their ceremony. Like, how did do we you, think did they... Did they hire... Who are the the cast like how were these people hired who are these people in real life because that'll tell you new zealanders <laughs> um yeah they're, they're yeah. probably drawing on history yeah i mean well i just mean the natives themselves on skull island in in world yeah like i, oh, I don't in, know. well you said peter jackson i did but i mean like are well that's what i'm saying is it just a peter jackson choice that makes no historical sense in the in the terms of the world or is uh, I'm just oh. yeah I'm just trying to figure where would the skull island skull island natives learn that rolling your eyes back and gyrating like this was the best way to appease our monkey god? I don't I think you have to learn that. I think you just what's most expressive and emotive and whatever drugs you're doing at the time because <laughs> could be like I don't know like I I think we are just this is just solidly a product of. The, like we're pulling off of like base stereotypes here of a uh, island tribal culture mm-hmm. that for ceremonies or rituals like this probably like pro- and like and again this is the stereotype probably partake of hallucinogenic or mind altering yeah. substances that puts them into a state like this as part of the ritual historical stereotype but yeah okay. <laughs> you know, it's like there is yeah. some basis granted mm-hmm. but you know it's tenuous at best. If, you, if your life was living on really hard rocks and scrounging for food, you might want to take some things to yeah, make your I, I life a little mind, easier. I, I wouldn't mind Listen, taking a trip. <laughs> mushrooms on your pizza, man. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, you know, if this is my daily existence, you know, I don't, even the worst, I, you think even a bad trip would be better than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... I'm just really back oh, into sorry. the head thing, though. Super creepy. It is. And oh, it's like, so bad. Sometimes it looks like it's just people rolling their eyes up. Other times it looks like contact lens, like makeup stuff. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. really sure. Like, Because I would, if I were to be cast in this role, I would have to do the contact lenses. I can't roll my eyes that far back. So it could be, it could, we know they do contact lenses because a lot of the natives, their eyes look, um, they have really like cloudy corneas and like bloodshot. And yeah. there's no way that everyone was like that so we know they do yeah. contact lenses for the makeup but it could just be before the scene <laughs> <laughs> sign sign the uh oh man what sign the NDA. right sign sign the nda <laughs> and then just have actual surgery done on your eye to make your cornea cloudy Ugh. yeah yeah so anyway uh, 
Can we talk about the decor, the the uh, the uh, accoutrements, the accessories? Mostly the fishnet like hair that piece. The charwoman wears. Yeah, it's yeah. a little weird. Where did she find that? It's like, oh, this is cool. I found it's this on the beach. Probably it's fishnet. It's either a fishnet or it's braided from hair, because we it's do know braided. Yeah. We do know that in um, well in. Sam, you don't know this, but uh, the listeners know. We have this book that my uh, camera doesn't focus on, but I'm showing you. The World of Kong, Natural History of Skull Island, which was a wedding gift from Terry. Got you. Yes. Nice. (laughs) So, um, and it was... Did uh, I get you a wedding gift? (laughs) You were there. I mean, you were one of my groomsmen. (laughs) A lot of our guests so far have been groomsmen. Yeah, there you go. A lot of our guests have been groomsmen so far, either for his wedding or mine. Well, one of us, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Actually... Steven, now that you mentioned uh, the Natural History volume, mm-hmm. I'm could be, I am convinced, I could swear that somewhere in one of the chapters talking about like the Skull Island natives talking about their culture, that it actually like outlines something that the natives ingested during this ceremony, uh, that either the natives ingested or that the sacrificed like the chosen girl to be sacrificed ingested I, I could swear i remember something like that so i just read it today and read didn't read any of that in fact i was literally about to read the section that was talking about the sacrifices because that's where we are right now um right. but i don't i didn't see anything like that i'll do, here i'll just read it how about that um so sure. the, the roots of this tradition are difficult to trace the exact origin of the natives was an unknown their physiology did not closely match that of any of the region's inhabitants and their myths hinted at a possible stranding so it is conceivable they came from very far away the wizened shaman women interpreted the best course for their people's survival the position yeah the position was passed down maternally each generation having its leader and her english major c-a-d-r-e Cadre. Cadre? Cadre? I don't know what that one is. So, okay, Cadre. Entourage or group. Gotcha. Okay, Cadre of acolytes and hopeful successors. Successors. This elder-based governance represented the only order the society had beyond the rule of might. In the hopes of appeasing the wrathful Kong, Skull Islanders undertook their sacrificial duties with unrestrained fervor. Once chosen for the sacrifice, a young woman was torn from the arms of her family and dressed for the offering. As a means of reconciling grief and loss and the inevitability of their daughter's fate, a bride's relatives participated in the fashioning of her ceremonial necklace, a grim thing of hair, feather, and bone. With pragmatic resignation, families presented their daughters for sacrifice, sending their loved ones through the wall screaming or drugged. There you go. You were right. Screaming or drugged in a macabre carnival of fire and chanting. The Great Wall, with its carved visages of and pitted effigies, was set ablaze with oil-fueled fires and a terrifying spectacle that stained the sky with a violent amber glow. So yes, you were that right. That answers questions good. I had for like the next three minutes. Same. <laughs> That's why I wanted to Just read it. killed half my material. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Could you have read it just this minute's worth? <laughs> it's not that half sentence. I'm sorry. It's just like I remember drugs being mentioned in some capacity there. You were right, and I I had forgotten about it when I read it. So there we go. Yes. I don't um, know if you had to have drugs mentioned. I mean, watching them, they're all drugs. Yeah, but it doesn't say they they didn't drug Anne this time. They just dragged her through. Kicking oh no, and screaming, no, she so. doesn't look drugged. Well, That's a thing for them. Just drag Anne to wherever you want to take her. Drag <laughs> her through the water. Drag her up the stairs. <laughs> oh man. So I'm I'm just guessing here. That she's splashing blood on Anne as she's doing this ritual. She's splashing something on her. I'm, I'm guessing it's blood. Yeah. I don't know. It's probably not like native blood. It might be, though. They do scarification as a ritual. So Yeah. Well, it, yeah. 
it might be something to like increase like her scent. Like it, blood could be it. It could be like some kind of like pheromone based substance. Mm. I don't know. Drugs. Yeah. Yeah, drugs. <laughs> Just splashing drugs everywhere. Drugs, drugs, probably drugs. <laughs> um. So is this the outfit yeah. you would choose to ha- be it? She's in a nightgown. Like. Choice was not part of the plan. It was not part of the plan. I know. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to be sacrificed to a monkey, like, is this? Did you want her wearing a gorilla costume? Sacrifice of a monkey. That's that's not on. They don't have that on like the Amazon topics of clothing. Yeah, like I think on TikTok or something, one of the topics is like first date stuff or whatever. Yeah. So like, what's your first date with Kong? Yeah. <laughs> what do you wear that to your first sacrifice? It seems a little more like fourth date. I don't know. Like... <laughs> I'm not sure what to wear to my first sacrifice. <laughs> there's, a, there's a joke in there somewhere. So just, dressy, I just don't have the mental dressy, acuity to pull it out. Dressing casual or full formal? It's this. Oh no! Butt straps. Oh my yeah, god. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking athleisure personally, just because <laughs> sure. you're gonna you're, you're you're it's gonna be an active occasion. You know, you're gonna want to stay composed. <laughs> so it's what we're yeah. what we're gathering here is it's a nightgown or a g-string. It's really what we're coming down to here. That's uh, yeah. All right. So I think I found this episode's title: nightgown uh, or g-string. A, you can add that to the that. add that to that book if you were wondering what to I, wear to your first <laughs> sacrifice on the island. We have the regular oh uh, shoes not required. <laughs> no shoes, no shirt, no sacrifice. <laughs> I quit. Uh, that's that's the dialogue, or that's the, like the commentary. If King Kong was directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh no. All right. So anyway, wait, wait. in this minute though, in this minute, there's yeah. still there's a boat scene. There's boat scene. Yes, but um, not very just yet. The beginning w- of the boat. One quick thing. Oh, you must still okay. The exact on, words. The apparel. Yeah, no. The exact <laughs> words here that she's saying as she's splashing in with blood uh, are used in the cue for Skull Island: Reign of Kong, and. But it's it's uh, slightly different inflections and stuff, but it sounds like the exact same actress. I'm wondering if the audio for the cue was either re-recorded by Vicky Houghton years later, like 12 years later, or mm. if they just took the audio from a different take from the movie and put that as the ride audio. Because mm. it's the exact same verbiage. It's interesting. I'm guessing the latter. Yeah, it's just... I'm s- yeah, like a twelve-year-old audio a clip. There's probably ton of times that she said it. Yeah, there's probably a ton of oh, times yeah. that she said it during all of that, and that's mm-hmm. just yeah. a section they use for the film. She, they probably had a ton of. Yeah, just pulled a twelve-year-old audio clip out of the out of storage. Just, it's just yeah. funny. I think it's it's kind of cool though. Mm, it's good attention to detail. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that ride cue is nothing but good attention to detail. The ride itself, eh, you know, but the cue that end though. The end of that. Ride. The end of that. I I forgot that you've written it. Yeah, you wrote it the day after my wedding. It. You wrote it, it the day after my wedding. True story. True story. You can't, have, you can't have a King Kong ride without some kind of like blow your mind good Kong animatronic. Massive animatronic. It is. Yep. It's great. So good. Confrontation set the bar. Uh, regret. That's the library. 
Yes, the Q in the end. But uh, that confrontation ride is like the Library of Alexandria to me. Yeah. Burned down before I ever got to experience it. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. Confrontation? (sighs) Yeah, it was a a universal ride in the 80s. And then it burned down. Accidentally. I, I mean, I know there was like fire damage at one point, but I thought it was just slowly decommissioned. I thought it was a big fire that closed it down, but maybe I'll have to do more research. Mm. Like, I mm. thought it actually, I like, burned down. Yeah. Jaws, they just Jaws. struggled with until they closed it. <laughs> actually, isn't yeah. there still a Jaws ride active um, across the water park. somewhere? Yeah. At the Universals, I don't believe. I'm, mm-hmm. I thought there was. Like, uh, Universal, I... is it Universal Beijing? Or there's oh, a Universal Beijing. somewhere. There's a Universal somewhere over that yonder mm. direction. Mm. I'm just grateful we have gotten to experience that one. Yes, because Jaws, phenomenal. I love that one. That one scared me all the time. Yes. I don't care how old I was. Riding that Jaws ride, knowing that they're not going to eat my boat. (laughs) I did not like that one. The warehouse. Or the... the, Oh, yeah. What do you call it? The boathouse. The boathouse. Yeah, that got me. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad. (laughs) Um, Man, I did good work with that. Yep. All Um, right. Back to the boat. Rolling on. The yeah. adventure. Back to the boat. I only had one thought in this, and okay. it's uh, in my best Keanu Reeves. Guns. <laughs> Lots of guns. <laughs> um, we oh, definitely see Hayes, uh war experience coming out here as he's the one jumping oh, yeah. to uh, marshal the men to action to yep. grab the weapons. Yep. All hands, we're going to shore. Yep. And um, they are handing out, again, as uh, we saw last time, Gavir. Gavir, 1898, or 18, yeah, 1898 uh, rifles, single action, or single bolt action rifles um, that were, again, standard issue German rifles from World War I. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, do you think, have you ever shot one? You seem like the type to have probably shot one I've held them. Okay. I've held them. I have not gotten to shoot that. Gotcha. Um, the closest thing to that would that I've handled would be an M1 carbine. Not definitely not the yes, same thing. That I have shot. That I have shot. I shot my uh, my friend's uh, Russian Mosin Nagant. Shot that one. That was fun. Oh. Yeah, I got to shoot a Mosin. I'm a little jealous. I'm well, a little jealous. You, do you remember Billy from Who's Utah? Friend? What friend? You remember yeah, Billy? Yeah, yeah. So Billy, Billy had a Mosin. Billy, Billy, Billy and I are gonna have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, that's not the only one, but I guess the next minute is when the other one shows. Actually, you know what's funny is I think my father-in-law has a Mosin as well. Huh. So, fun oh. fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Then we clearly see arms and munitions being stockpiled yes. in the uh, lifeboats, and then Jack very clearly trying to surreptitiously stock film equipment right next to it. So- Priorities right where they always are. <laughs> Does he think the crew won't notice him and his film crew taking another lifeboat again in all the confusion or does he think they won't care or i'm just not sure how the logistics of this play i don't think he cares yeah how i think they care well but he's trying to sneak he looks like he's kind of like you know nodding he's trying to sneak so i mean he cares if they know I i i just don't know how all his cons work he's really good at it i guess I think he's mostly just trying to make sure that Hazer Englehorn doesn't see. Yeah. Yeah, we know that he... Question. This is yeah. a cargo boat, right? A tramp steamer known for um, exotic animal transportation. So, yeah, got cargo. Yes. Okay. So, cargo boat. Sure. Not a mil- yeah. Like, why does he have all these things? 
All like, the I what? get having a couple, you know, a couple rifles for oh. whatever ex- things, you're, exotic things you're doing. But, like, mm-hmm. he's acting like he's a Navy ship. <laughs> well, we have, uh, we have theorized that, you know, given World War One was, like, 20 years before this. Well, less than 20 years. Like, 15 years before this. Um, we know that uh, Hayes was in World War One. We know that Kretschmann was most likely... I'm sorry, Kretschmann. Englehorn, the captain, was most likely in World War One. I don't know if he just bought all of these or if he somehow managed to get a bunch of them when he was in the war and bring them home. I don't know what it was. But that does get ruined next minute. So maybe mm. the single action rifles. I don't know how he got these next guns tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's just weird that he has. I mean, again, I'm all for being well supplied, right? But like he's a cargo ship. Yeah. Okay? But he, he has lockers. <laughs> He does. He has a ton of these things. <laughs> so the movie could happen. The movie could happen. I wonder if it's because doing like exotic animal transportation, he yeah. just expects everyone yeah, on the crew sense. to have a rifle if they're trying mm. to get a lion or something and everyone should have a rifle on yeah. him at the same time just in case. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the um, piracy situation was like. Oh, uh, yeah. Good point. If, good point. Uh, like oh, yeah. overseas trades internationally, like in the early thirties. I, yeah. Uh, might have to look that up later. Um, it might have been a consistent problem or at least a problem. So having a complement of weapons on board may not have been the worst idea. That's a, that's a good point actually. Cause believe it or not, people think pirates and you know, they think pirates. Mm-hmm. Pi- yeah. They think like gold. That's age a legit. Spanish Maine, right. But no, but it's a legitimate thing nowadays mm-hmm. too. Like I had yeah, a friend in the coast guard. He came back. Yeah, he came back one uh, one time. I was living in Mississippi at the time. It was telling me how much fun he had had because he was up in a chopper shooting pirates with rubber bullets. Like, wow. All right. Know, non-lethal engagement, but legit sea pirates in the ocean <laughs> in <laughs> early 2000s. Like, you know, the so, legit thing the Coast Guard deals with. So then, yes, probably a thing in the 30s, and that could be a plausible oh, reason for, sure. for him to have guns. There we go. <laughs> um, we have solved the mystery. There we go. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's see. Oh, um, I couldn't quite tell. I think that's Lumpy handing out the single-shot rifles. I know he hands out the Tommy guns in the next scene, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I think... No, he's wielding one. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, definitely that, but I think... Uh, you can't quite tell from the chin down if that's Andy Serkis or not, handing out the, mm-hmm. the Gavirs. Gavir? Gavir? That one. That one. Andy Serkis isn't that? Yeah. I'm see with after the after the the Englehorn is the captain <laughs> thing. I can't even <laughs> tell if you're joking or not. Uh, actually, no. Who? It also so who is Andy Circus playing in this one? Because I, I did well, he's playing two. On Number one, he's Kong. Oh. He he did the motion capture for Kong. Because after uh, Smeagol, yeah, now makes sense. Yes, exactly. Yes, and obviously the Jackson connection. Yes, and secondly, I did not know that though. I did not honestly know. Well, that. now you know. Andy Circus was Kong, and he also um, is the ship's cook. Who has one eye squinted all the time and oh, a handlebar yeah. mustache? Yeah, so yes, that I did know, but yes. I again I kind of caught up quick. And so I I mentioned this uh, last week, but I'll just tell you since we're on air. But um, so two Kong actors have portrayed apes in the same movie. So Andy Serkis mocapped Kong here in Kong okay. Skull Island. A, another actor whose name I already forget uh, mocapped some facial stuff for Kong that they reference when they animated him. He's also a character in the movie. Both of them played in the new Planet of the Apes movies as Andy Serkis was Caesar. And this other guy was his uh, right-hand man, 
what is it, Koba or something like that. I don't remember his name, but. So both Kong actors have portrayed apes mocapped in another movie together. Huh. So, fun fact. Okay. They're really cool. good, by the way, at motion capturing uh, monkey. Yeah. Just in general, like CGI technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monkey is a, apparently a, an easy thing to do. I don't know. Probably uh, with the similarities to easy, humans. But it's so. very, maybe. I mean, you know, it. They do really well. Those Planet of the Apes movies, slow, but uh, very good CGI. I love the first one. The second and, and third, too. if I never watched again, I'd be okay with. <laughs> but the the rise of the Planet of the Apes, the James Franco one, like that movie was fantastic. Yeah. But I say even for how old this, what did you say this movie was? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> CG was great. Oh yeah, fantastic. Well, it's Weta Weta Workshop who is yep. phenomenal at everything oh. they do. Sword makers. Yes, they sword. <laughs> That's simplifying it, but yes. <laughs> yes, Target also sells bread. In the in the same way that Weta makes swords, Target sells bread. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to say. That feels like a conclusion. Yeah, let's uh let's plug something. What do you want to plug today? What do that we got? That's good. I think the T Public store sounds like a good idea. T Public, I love I love T Public. Um, yeah. I've actually purchased my own shirts before because this is like I'm not I'm literally not being paid to say this, um, but I actually do like the quality of the shirts. I purchased a couple of them and I actually I they turned out pretty well. So uh, we do have our T Public store for King Kong Minute where we sell um, inside jokes uh, on T shirts relating to the podcast. We sell uh, the thumbnail digital paintings that I do. Um, Again, t-shirts, notebooks, coffee mugs, whatever. You can find all sorts of King Kong-related content, King Kong Minute-related content over there. And I also have my series of parody stuff on there where you get, um, I call it my That Shouldn't Be There collection, where you have things like Clifford the Big Red Dog on top of the Empire State Building. So, um, yeah, check out the Tee Public Store for all your King Kong Minute merch needs. So, I guess that's it for, for 67. Indeed. All right, folks, with that, you will hear us when you hear us on the next episode of the King Kong Kong Minute. Minute. Bye, everyone.